0: The idea of getting there, we want to uh, be in a uh, direction that is godly. We want to be accomplishing things in relationships that uh, reflect Jesus and what he would want for us. And, and how do we get there? What's, you know, what, what are those principles that we have to live by? And so last week, as Fran talked to you about uh, what Jesus said, when you build your house on a rock, you've heard the words of God. But you've acted on them. You've, you've done those things. And what are those principles about relationships that we can learn from uh, that help us get to where we want to be in those relationships? And that's kind of what we're going to be talking about. Uh, this morning, we're going to be talking about getting there and especially traveling with children. Where, where do we want to be when it comes to raising our children and, and, and seeing the next generation uh, embracing those truths? And, and so when I think about traveling with children, uh, some of you guys are in the day-to-day throes. I mean, you've got little infants that you're, you're raising that you're taking care of. You've got Maybe you've got uh, elementary age children that you're, you're taking care of. Maybe it's a high school student, or maybe uh, they just graduated there in college. Uh, some of you guys are like Fran and me. You're empty nesters, and your children are older, and, and now you've got grandchildren that you have the blessing of being uh, able to impart and, and love. Um, some of you guys don't have biological children, but you've embraced uh, other children through lots of different ways. Maybe you've adopted a child or you're going through the foster care system or, or maybe you're a teacher or maybe you're a coach. Uh, maybe you've done things with uh, teaching lessons, music or things like that. Uh, but you've had the opportunity to be a part of a child's life in whatever way, shape or form that might be. And, and you've been able to invest in them uh, through your words and through your deeds. And so we all have this privilege, this opportunity to, uh, to see these young ones grow up. Uh, in the things of the faith and so how do we travel well what's the destination we want to reach with these little ones when I think about uh, traveling uh, with little ones there's a picture that uh, uh, we got uh, on July 2nd uh, Mary and Peter sent us this Uh, they were coming to Georgia from Dallas Texas and so you got Claire in the back and uh, when you travel with toddlers like that you might remember You've got all kind of things. You got the sippy cup, right? You got the toys. You got the, the little uh, things for them to eat, uh, snacks and things like that. And and it's just not you and your spouse and a, and a kid in a in a car seat. You got all this other stuff: diaper bags, things like that. So traveling with little ones can be a challenge. Um, I remember when Fran and I, when our three girls were little, we uh, when we were in seminary, we were in Kentucky, and that was about a, a 500 mile trip from where we were, just south of Lexington, to Columbus, Georgia, where my parents were. So uh, this next picture, we uh, Katie's getting married, so we were going through some old photographs uh, to to do the rehearsal dinner slides, and I, I came across this old yeah that's me with hair, uh, <laughs> but anyway, so we had minivans back then, and we had the little captain's chairs, and and uh, and each girl had their own little chair, so that was kind of fun to to be able to travel with them having their own space, and uh, and then we put this I can't remember what we t- called the pod on the back, but it was some, on the top, it was some some kind of thing we called it, it was a joke, but. Uh, but that's how we traveled with children. And, uh, and and traveling with kids is a joy. It can be a challenge, uh, but it's a part of our experience. And uh, for you, I, I hope that this, this series will, will bless you. But also today, if you don't have children, uh, these are principles that we can embrace when it comes to just relationships. You know, how do we uh, make the most and how do we get um, the, the the best out of out of our relationships you know what do we do to bring out the best in others how do we be the best friend or coworker, or spouse or neighbor that we can be uh, and so this morning as you look in your program you've got a scripture there from Matthew you want us to, to look at that real quick just to kind of set the foundation uh, children are important and uh, Jesus in his ministry helped us understand that uh, because this passage of scripture and one also uh, in another one of the gospel accounts gives us this insight so in matthew chapter 19 we read verse 13 then some children were brought to him brought to jesus so that he might lay his hands on them and pray so parents and others that were raising these children wanted jesus to bless them so they bring these children to jesus and the disciples rebuked them so jesus's followers uh were saying don't do that don't bring these chi- don't don't bother jesus with these little ones you know uh so they're trying to, to, to keep the parents from bringing their children to Jesus or whoever is bringing them. But verse 14, Jesus said, let the children alone and do not hinder them from coming to me for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. After laying his hands on them, he departed from there. So he's saying, no, 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 let these children come and be a part of what I'm doing. Let these people, children come and be uh, uh, spending time with me. Uh, Later on uh, in another gospel account where where we read, uh, Jesus said, uh, the kingdom of God belongs to them. And if you and I don't enter the kingdom like a child with childlike faith and the ability to trust and all that that children have and they exemplify we can't even enter the kingdom of God. So uh, the lessons that we learn from children are real important, but also raising children, uh, this next generation, uh, what are these principles? Uh, Well, first of all, I think the the most important thing to remember is that children are a gift from the Lord. And uh, Psalm 127, verse 4 actually says that, that children are a gift from God. And so if you are blessed to have biological children or if you've been blessed to to help raise children, you know that uh, you don't always feel that way but the truth is they are a gift. They are a gift from God. And so sometimes, you know, when they have the projectile vomit, you don't think that's much of a gift. Uh, on the other end, and I don't want to gross you out, Fran would, she would call it a blowout. So it's not the projectile, it's something else, you know, from the other side. And, and, and you got to clean this stuff up, you know, and uh, I, mean, I won't get into that Mary will be embarrassed. But anyway, uh, But sometimes you don't think that they're a gift, but they are. God entrusts these wonderful young men and women to us. And the reason they're a gift is because God has chosen to make this person, to create this individual. God's chosen to do that. Now, there's biology involved, but biology alone doesn't always produce a child. I know couples that they want to have children and are unable to have children. It's very traumatic on them. So just because biology is involved doesn't mean that that woman is going to conceive. God is involved. The Bible talks about in the Old Testament how he would close the womb or open the womb. And so in his sovereignty, God chooses for this person to be born because he decides to create this child and and to entrust this child to the parents or to create this child during this time in history. So it is totally up to God to use the way he's called reproduction to happen. But it's a gift to to have a child. So any child born, you included now that you're an adult, you're a gift. You being here is not an accident. God has specifically decided no matter what the situation was with your birth, you're a gift. Uh, I I was talking to one teenager and she was uh, babysitting. She said, Mark, I don't know that I ever want to have kids again. You know, because that experience was so traumatic for her. She was like, I I don't know that I want to have kids. Uh, I remember when I did youth ministry, uh, Griff, you can appreciate this. We would would take groups on these different trips, and there would be other youth groups from other places in South Georgia or somewhere in in the Southeast, and I would look at the group and I would go, I'm so glad those aren't my kids, you know, (laughs) that I'm not having to direct these kids. But here's the truth, I believe, and that is when it is your child there is a grace that's extended to you that you don't have with another child. You'll clean up a diaper if it belongs, if that child is your child, you'll clean that diaper up. But if you're having to change some other child's diaper, it's just the grace is just isn't there. You can do it because you can't, but it's not there. When I was doing youth ministry, and Griff, you know this, and, and uh, where's the L.C.? Y'all know this. The kids that are part of your youth group Man, you just care for them. You love them. They, they, they're almost like, you're, man, you, you, know, you go to bat for them because there's a grace given to you to have an impartation and to help be a part of their nurturing and caring for you. You just haven't. So the kids in my youth group, I was like, man, I love these kids, even though they might be doing things that these kids are doing. the grace isn't there to care for them, but it was for mine. So, so this idea of a gift from God, when God gives us that gift, that opportunity to, to be a part of this child's life, there's also a grace that comes with that. So if you're a mom or a dad, God is giving you the grace to be that parent. He wouldn't entrust this wonderful gift to you if he didn't also give you the ability to be the parent that you need to be. Or if you're raising a foster child, or if you're other situations, maybe it's a grandchild, maybe whatever it is, I know, and I believe that that grace is given to you to, to, to let that be a part. So you don't disdain them. Yes, you have to clean up the projectile vomit and that kind of stuff, but it's, it's, you know, that's just part of it. So uh, first of all, let's remember that children are a gift from the Lord. And uh, the second thing I want us to remember is that each child is different, and we ought to accept their uniqueness completely. Each child is different uh... we were blessed with three girls and uh... they were all different and they were so different that even their movement in the womb was different even their hair color was different mary was a brunette and elizabeth is a blonde uh... uh, 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 uh God, I don't think of the word um, redhead uh... what is it um, um... auburn her hair's auburn color and then katie's a sandy blonde so there's pictures of you know all three girls yeah, they came out of friend, because I know, because I was there in the hospital and, and and I made sure I took that same baby home, you know, because I was there in the delivery room. Uh, but it's like all of them are different. And in the womb, Mary was just, oh, ooh, ooh. I mean, she was just herky jerky. So when you meet Mary, she's just got this rush of energy. And when she hugs you, it's just like, you know, I mean, you know you've been hugged. And Elizabeth in the womb, our middle daughter, our. our you know, she just had these fluid motions and everything like that. And so when she took dance, she just had so much grace. And, and in your eye, of course, I'm biased, your eye would gravitate toward Elizabeth in the dance group. It's, oh, that girl can really, I mean, she's just, you know, that kind of thing. She would play soccer, and she would just kind of go down the field like this, you know. <laughs> Mary would play, play soccer like this, you know, and, and it's just, just different. And then Kaye, Kaye was kind of a combination of both of them, you know. And, and so it's just unique how God creates us. He's given you specific qualities. And there's not another person like you in the entire world. And so we should celebrate these differences in our children. Uh, And what, what happens is society starts putting some pressure on parents. And we start falling in the temptation to compare our kids, maybe with each other, or maybe with another group of Children from, from a friend or something like that. And we've got to be com, uh, careful not to, to do this comparison and, and think less or better than our kid because we're comparing them. It's, not, it's a dangerous trap to fall into. Another thing we have to worry about or pressure from society is, is just conforming, making our kids be something that God's really not created them to be, but forcing, forcing them into the mold that we want instead of allowing them to blossom and to be the person God wants them to be. So this idea of comparison, you know, uh, Katie, our youngest daughter, when she was in high school, we would go to the PTA meetings, Parent Teacher Association meetings, and, uh, and we would meet the teachers and everything like that. Well, we met one of the math teachers, and Elizabeth, our middle daughter, she just, she got math. The teacher said, I teach math, and some children understand it, some students understand it, some students get it. I have no idea what he's talking about, but, but he did he said Elizabeth gets math she just oh she gets it and uh and so Katie came home one day she was real discouraged and I said honey what's going on uh she said man I just got fussed at by the math teacher and I was like what she goes uh yeah um you know he he said you know gosh if you were your sister you know you you would have made a hundred on this test and she said well what did I make he said well you made a 97 (laughs) and I mean he's comparing you know Katie with, with Elizabeth, you, you, we can't do it. But she made a 97. I'm saying, sweetheart, that's really good. You know? Don't worry about that. You did great. But this idea of comparing, we've got to be careful not to always be comparing our children with our children our children with somebody else's children. Uh, there's nothing wrong with seeing how you're doing and having milestones and things like that. But let's don't fall into the trap of comparing our kids uh, because they are unique. They are completely different. Um, another thing that we want to do is in, 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 in this is that... Uh, we want to affirm their value, and we want to do this on a consistent basis. And there's three ways that we can affirm their value or, 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 or let them know that they're valued. One is by giving them attention. And this is visual. This is something you want to do uh, by making eye contact with them. How many of you have ever been on a playground or at a swimming pool, and you've heard a kid say, Daddy, watch me? Or mommy, 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 look, mommy, look. How many times y'all heard that? It happens all the time. That child wants you to affirm them. That child wants you to give them attention. And, and it means looking at them. So if you don't give them attention and they're crying out for it, all of us cry out for it, sometimes you do things in a negative way to get attention, to gain attention. But what we want to do is we affirm their value because they're unique and they're different is to make sure we're giving them attention. Uh, back to Katie, one time I was... Uh, in the room, and Katie was talking to me, and I wasn't paying her attention. I was saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what she physically did, she took her little hands, and she put them on my face, and she turned my face to her, and she said, Daddy, look at me. I was like, okay, I'm so sorry, you know, but she wanted my attention, and I wasn't giving it to her. And then she said, and I was like, whoa, I need to be giving her attention so this visual is so so important another way that we affirm them uh, on a consistent basis is affection and uh and this is physical uh attention can be visual but this is so there needs to be appropriate touch there needs to be hugs there needs to be tickles there needs to be all the things that you do uh as a parent in an appropriate way um I, you know, I wrestled in high school and did some other sports, but what I always like to do is, you know, the girls would just want to, and we'd be on the floor, and we'd be, you know, and we'd be tussling around, and, and I'd have all three of them, they'd be on me, and I'd be, you know, and, I, and since I wrestled, I knew how to not hurt their neck, or if they, you know, that kind of thing, so, but I was, so we had this video that we found the other day, we were watching some old videos, and, and there I am with all three of them, and, and they're just, like, worms all over me, and we're just, you know, doing that, and all of a sudden, Elizabeth comes over and just kicks Katie right in the face, and so, Fran is videoing this, and so Katie comes walking over, and she's too young to even talk. She's like, hey, yeah, 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 yeah," and Fran's like, "It's all right, honey. You can go back there, and, and it'll be all right." So, so Katie waddles back in there and gets in the mix. But, but this idea of of uh, affection, this this hugging, this appropriate touch, even you know wrestling in a very you know gentle way, and not letting your kids get kicked too much. But, uh, but the idea of just that—that's attention. It's so so important. Another thing is. Uh, appreciation and this is verbal this is when you say those things that build them up not tear them down these are those compliments that you give your children that are genuine and specific not hey you're a great kid love you baby that's better than nothing but it's i, I appreciate the way that you helped your sister out or, that was so kind of you to apologize when you messed up or or whatever these verbal affirmations are it's so important To show that appreciation in a way. Thank you for this. Or this means so much to me when you do this. Those types of things. So visual and physical and verbal are so and so important as we affirm our kids and show them value. So the first thing is, hey, we need to remember their gift from the Lord. The second thing is we need to make sure that we remember that each child is different. And we need to accept their uniqueness completely. The third thing is we want to train our children up in the way that we, they should go, in the ways of the Lord. We want to give them a biblical worldview. We want them to look at life through the lens of, of what God says is right and wrong, what is true and not true. I uh, remember last week when Fran talked about the, the two different houses. It's like you can hear the Word of God, but when you do the Word of God, when you live it out, then when the storms of life come, and we're going to all have storms of life, we're able to endure, we're able to, to uh To to, uh, endure that, a couple of scriptures I want to share with you. Um, Well, let me go back to the second point when we talked about children are unique. In Psalm 139, verse 13 and 14, it says, You were formed, you formed my inward parts, you wove me into my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. So, this idea of each one of us being uniquely created. Uh, And training up our children, this is a familiar passage to us, but it's uh, Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he or she should go, and even when they're old, they won't depart from it. This idea of investing in those children at an early age, giving them uh, 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 a taste of the kingdom of God. This idea of training up is actually to touch the palate. So a parent would chew the food and then place it in the child's mouth, and they would get a taste of that food, and they would d- d- develop a, a desire for it, a, a yearning for it. Uh, we're not guaranteed that our children are going to walk with the Lord. Each person has to make that choice for themselves, but we want to make sure we're giving our kids uh, the best uh, that we can. And so that's why every week in our bulletin we talk about what our Kids is doing. And so this week, you know, it's obedience, trusting in the... Uh, who is in charge and doing what you're asked to do, and there's a Bible verse, and there's a bottom line and a memory verse, and and this idea that we can uh, reinforce what you want to teach your your kids at home here at the church, and so every week you'll see what what we are doing with iKids, and that's just a way to reinforce that, but to raise them up and train them up in the ways of the Lord, so, so important. Another very familiar passage is in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9, and in there we see the the principles of of teaching our children on a regular basis, on a day in and day out. Let them know what's going on, and I like as I look at this to to think about uh, these teachable moments because kids watch what you and I do, and they listen to what we say. And so op- there's opportunities just day in and day out when we're walking along the way, when we're sitting up by the road, when we're doing different things to to teach our kids different things. And so it's it's important to make sure we don't. Uh, limit what we do to say, oh, it's got to be on Sunday morning and Sunday school, or, you know, it's got to be, no, it's, it's any time of the day or night when there's an opportunity, a teachable moment. Uh, it's important for us to realize that. Just a few more points uh, as we wrap this up. Uh, the fourth point is that we need to trust our children with increasing responsibilities. Uh, this idea of, of giving them responsibility is so important. Uh, I like what Rick Warren says, and Rick Warren says Nothing brings out the best in you faster than having someone believe in you and trust you with responsibility. So if you want to bring out the best in your children, or if you want to bring out the best in a coworker or a neighbor, then when we trust them, when we believe in them, uh, and when we give them responsibility, man, it, it makes them know that how we value them, they're, they're important. Uh, we see this in Luke chapter 16 verses 10 through 12. Let me read this to you real quick. Jesus said this, he who is faithful, he or she, who is faithful in very little thing is also faithful in much. And the person who is unrighteous in a very little thing is also unrighteous in much. Therefore, if you have been faithful with the use of unrighteous wealth, if you haven't been, who will entrust good riches to you? And if you have not been faithful with the use of what is somebody else's, who will give you what is your own? So when we think about this, here's a couple of principles that come out of this. When you trust somebody with something small, and they're faithful with that, and they're consistent with doing whatever it is that you teach them how to do, then when there's something bigger, they're able to do that because they've been faithful in the little things. Another thing that you see, if people are faithful in the little things, then you know that you can trust them with big things because they're faithful in that. And so what we want to do with our children, maybe what we want to do with a coworker or whatever it might be, is give them tasks to do that they can handle. Little bitty things that they're doing. Make sure you teach them how to do it and, and, and make sure they can do it. And then when they have a little bit of a success, then you give them more and more responsibility. And the more and more responsibility they have, the greater independence they have and the more self-worth they begin to gain and things like that. So we want to make sure we start off small and give them responsibilities. And then we want to begin to tr- trust them with possessions And with money. Because Jesus said if you can't be trusted with with possessions or money, then who's going to entrust more of that to you? And then finally we want to entrust them with something that doesn't belong to them. Jesus said uh, if you can't be trusted with what's somebody else's, who's going to give you that which is your own? So there's kind of a progression. And the more and more that we're able to give responsibilities to our kids, uh, the more and more they're going to grow in that. Everyone has a need to be trusted. Everyone has a need to prove themselves. Everyone has a need to develop competence uh, and confidence. And the way we do that, one of the ways we do that is by, by uh, doing these tasks, being able to uh, accomplish these t- tasks. And the family unit or, or, or school, different things like that, these are tailor-made to help us grow in that. Uh, this is something I read the other day. I think it's, in, in, uh, it's, it's challenging. Um, when we overprotect our children, because sometimes when we give them something to do and they fail, we think, oh, no, you know, that's going to hurt their confidence. But, but failing is not, doesn't mean you're a failure. It just means you didn't accomplish that. And, so, and, and failing isn't fatal. We, wanna, we want children to have the opportunity to fail because then they can learn how to, to pick themselves up and they can learn how to recover. But over, this is what I read. Overprotecting can basically communicate to your children you are not competent, I must do this for you, and I don't trust you. So if you're always doing something for your children, if you're always protecting your children, if you're never giving them a chance to fail, we better be careful because what what might be communicating to them is, I don't trust you because I need to do it for you. Or you are uh, not even, you don't even have the ability to do this. You're not even competent enough to do this. And when we start doing that, that's going to hurt their self-esteem. So I think it's important uh, that we allow these children to fail. Give them an opportunity to do something. Entrust things to them. And when they mess up, don't uh, overcorrect them. Uh, Give them what they need. And so finally, when we do correct our children, we need to do it without condemning. Because everybody does fail. Everybody messes up. You mess up. I mess up. And when we we do mess up, we want to make sure that uh, as a parent, when we see our children mess up, that we correct them. We discipline them, we, we uh, uh, give them the instruction they need, but also we affirm the fact that they tried. Uh, remember the parable of the talents? The guy that got the one talent, what did he do? He went and hid it in the ground. He didn't even try to increase what the master had given him. And the response by God was, you wicked, lazy slave. You didn't even attempt to do something. So the inference is, even if he attempted and failed, it would have been better than him not wanting to do anything so if we don't give our children opportunities to do things then they're going to be so timid they're not even going to want to try it they're not even going to want to fail but if we give them an opportunity and they mess up and they have the ability to kind of to to recoup uh, then we're going to be doing them a service